So this morning, um, I was looking at uh, where we are in the book of Matthew and what I wanted to share with uh, the church. And I, I was thinking of a number of different things, but I thought of talking about the issue of pride, the issue of pride. Um, and, and some of you may be thinking, well, you know, why? What, why? Um, well, because I was thinking about you. I was thinking about you and your problem with pride. And you're saying, well, who are you talking to? I'm talking to you and your problem with pride. And you say, well, are you, when you say you, are you talking about us as you as the congregation? No, I'm talking about you. And you say, well, our family? No, no, not the family, but you. My, you're talking about my wife, right? Or my husband? No, I'm talking about you. Um, this morning, to be honest with you, uh, I, I'm not necessarily talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. And as I as I look at my life and as I see uh, from the inside and, and the, the thoughts in my head and the, the the things that I do and the motivations, it's repulsive. It's repulsive to me how much my life is marked by pride. As I think about that, and and some of you are sitting here this morning and you say, well. What he just said was that he's prideful and that everyone else here is prideful. At least I'm in good company. You know, everyone's doing it, kids. You know what I mean? Uh, you say, well, when I go to school or when I'm around my friends, if we all have the same thing, it's no big deal. If we take a test and everyone bombs the test, it's okay because everyone bombed the test. Um, I want to tell you, the reason I want to talk about pride isn't just because uh, it's, a, it, it's something that everybody struggles with, but that it's super dangerous. It's super dangerous. It, it's something that, that some of us say, well, if everyone's got pride, if everyone struggles with pride, it can't be all that dangerous if everyone has it. But it is. And you say, well, what is it a danger to? It's a danger to you. It's a danger to you personally, your, your life. Apart from anything else, it's a danger to you. But you know what? It's, an also, it's also a danger to your family. It's a danger to your family. As you, uh, as you interact with your family and you talk to them and as you live with them and as you, you uh, are, are in a household, guess what? Your sins of pride affect your family whether you want them to or not, uh, they get the benefit of your sins of pride. It's not so good. It's also a danger, not just to your family, but to your marriage, to your marriage. Some of us are, are struggling and we say, oh, you know, I'm struggling in my marriage. I don't know what it is. I can tell you what it is. It's pride and the sins that go along with your pride. It's also a danger to this church, this church here. Um, God has been good to us. There's, there's no denying it. If, if you attribute it to anything else, you're confused. Okay? God has been good to this church. But if that builds us up in pride, thinking that we're great, I want to tell you it's an it's a incredible danger to this church. There's many different forms of pride. Um, 
And we will talk about some of those this morning. But I think the greatest thing that is a danger to us personally is missing the gospel. Missing the gospel. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ goes like this. We need Him because of our sin. We are sinners, and so we need Him. And so as we come to Him, we say, I don't have anything. I've just messed up my life with my own sin. I need you to take care of this. And he says, I'll tell you how I can take care of this. My son Jesus will die on your behalf. He'll take your place. He will pay your penalty. If you're proud, you say, well, I don't want any free gifts. I don't want any free gifts. I want to pay for it myself. And he says, fine. But you won't have enough. You will come up empty. No, I'll try really hard. I'm a pretty hard worker. You'll work forever and still come up short. We miss the gospel. The proudful man says, or proudful high schooler, middle schooler, elementary schooler, even little kids say this, I'm good. I'm good. In fact, sometimes they also say, you know, I deserve this. I deserve this because I'm good. Even other times we say, well, I'm better. As I look around and I see other people, it says, I'm better. I'm better. These are prideful things to say, by the way. I just wanted to highlight that. Um, when we see other people succeed or get placement, we say, well, I should be over there. That should be me. That should be me. Some other times we just simply say it like this. I'm the best. I'm the best. We start out uh, stories and uh, conversations like this. You should have seen me. You should have seen me. You wouldn't have believed it. I was so great. In our hearts, sometimes these words don't come out, but we're more concerned with that we get to do it than whether we've accomplished the goal. I should have been the pitcher. I, I, I should get to shoot the free throws. I should have been the one to lead that. I should have been the one singing. I should have been the one uh, playing. I should have been the one uh, at the top. I should have gotten the lead. I should have. Sometimes we brag about how smart we are. We talk about how we got the highest grade. Sometimes we laugh when others fail knowing that we're better than them. And, and we see that as, ah, if they would have been as good as we would have been. And so we laugh. This morning, I, I realized that I probably won't bring anything new to you and by way of talking about pride and humility. I, you may come out of here and say, I knew all of that. That's prideful, by the way. I just want to point that out. Some of you are going, oh. I already said that, you know. Um, this morning, uh, all I want to do is remind you of the dangers of pride, the prevalence and the dangers of pride. Kids, that it's in you too. And sometimes when we're at school, we want to be the first in line. We want to be acknowledged by the teacher, and then we puff up our chest and we kind of smirk at the kids to the right and the left, and go, you know, I'm great. This morning, kids, I want to encourage you. Um, 
that God has a great place for you, great place for you in this life. And it's for you to be a humble child um, and that you be a humble child of humble parents and humble grandparents. And you would have humble siblings as well. Turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And what I'd like to do this morning is just mark places in the Scripture where it talks about humility, pride and humility. And this morning, what I want to show you is this. This is, this is what God teaches us about being proud and being humble. And it's super important for us to see it. It's super simple. I, I think anybody can get it. Is this. When you're proud, when you're proud, you become a target of God. Not a target for His goodness, but that He would bring you down. He would bring you down. If you're proud, if you're full of yourself, if you're bragging, it, God will bring you down. And as you take that place of humility, if you take it, He will lift you up. It's really simple. He does it over and over and over again in the Scripture. He says it over and over and over again in the Scripture. And we have uh, instances where we see this happening. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, let's pray before we get moving here. Um, God, I, I, I ask that you would work in our hearts and lives. God, you know uh, the pride of my own heart. Uh, you know what's going on in the hearts of the people here right now. And so I ask um, that you would grant us grace, that we would learn to be humble. Not just learn to be humble, but love to be humble. God, um, forgive us for our pride. God, I ask that this morning that you'd help us to see it clearly that you would not allow us to push it off for a message for someone else, but that we would see it as a message for us. God, thank you for your grace and your love and your patience with us. In Jesus' name, amen. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, starting at verse 1, this is what God's Word says. The whole commandment that I command you today you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go into the land go in and possess the land the lord swore to give to your fathers verse 2 and you shall remember the whole way of the lord your god has led you these 40 years in the wilderness okay do you, do you know where we are in the story 40 years in the wilderness okay why were they in the wilderness? Well, because they wouldn't go into the, the land. God promised them the promised land. They're, they're wandering for 40 years. Okay? Listen to this. This is so great. Verse, verse 2, And you shall remember the whole way the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. Why did he? Why were they in the wilderness? There it says it right there that he might hum, might humble you, testing you to know that was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. You get that? What are his commandments? What are the things that he tells you to do? If you're proud, 
and somebody commands you to do something, what do you do? I'm not doing that. Well, let me see. Let me see if I think that's the best way. God puts before them, He says, let me tell you about the wilderness. Let me tell you about the wilderness. The wilderness had a purpose. It was to humble you. He led you these 40 years in the wilderness that He might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you could keep uh, His commandments or not. Verse 3, And He humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that He might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. See, in the wilderness, how did they live? They didn't set up shops and crops and, you know. He fed them. He provided this manna that showed up daily for them. He provided in other ways through water and birds to eat. And, and, and as they looked at this, They couldn't say that it was due to their own hard work. And so God, why did He have them in the wilderness? To humble them. To humble them. This is what God does. He wants us to see life as coming from His hand. You know why? Because it does. It does come from His hand. He is the provider. He is the one that provides for you. He provides you work. He provides you bodies and health. He provides you country. He, he, he provides you a home to live in. He provides you family to be with. He provides you friends to encourage you. He provides you a church that you can be a part of. He wants us to be humble. And so His method is to bring us low if we will not if we are full of ourselves in pride. Turn over to Second Chronicles chapter seven. Second Chronicles chapter seven. As you think about this, um, you think, well, what's God doing in my life? Uh, am I struggling because of my pride? Maybe, maybe. Maybe you think you're great and He's showing you over and over again that you come up short. He wants you to cling to Him. In Second Chronicles, later in the story, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13, He shows a different way of His provision. And He... Uh, Actually, let's start at verse 11. Uh, It says this, uh, Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. All that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and in his own house, he successfully accomplished. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in, in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Verse 13, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, 
If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. What does he describe right there? The wickedness of pride. The wickedness of pride brings about what? God bringing them low. How did he do it? He withheld the rain. He sent the bugs. He, he ruined their land. He, he took what was theirs from them. Do you see that? Why did he do it? Because of their wicked ways. Because of their pride. Because of them filling themselves with themselves. And thinking that they were the ones who had done it all. He says, but in humility, if we cry out to him in prayer, if we come to him and say, say, I need you, I need you. He says, I will be attentive to their prayer. This pride, humility, or proud, humble uh, thing in the Bible is just there everywhere. It's just everywhere. I'm going to read to you a list of scriptures here that that is over and over and over again talking about this issue of being proud and exalted and lifted up, God bringing you down, and God lifting up the humble. Kids, uh, do you want God to bless your life and make your life great? We do, don't we? We sit before a test and we're crying out to Him. We're going, God, I don't know. I'm so nervous. I, I, I want your help. You know what? He wants you to be humble. He wants you to be humble. Middle schoolers, are you fearful to go to school sometimes and you wonder what life's... And you say, God, God, I, I don't know if I can handle this. He, he wants you to be humble. If you walk around and say, hey, I'm going to do it my own way. God says, oh, you don't want my help. You're going to do it your own way. You're going to be filled with pride. I want to show you from the scriptures over and over again. Just listen, please. I'll start in the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalm chapter 18, verse 27. Listen to this, please. For you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. The haughty eyes you bring down. You say, well, what are haughty eyes? It's the ones that filled with their eyes, seeing in their eyes a confidence, a confidence. Not a confidence in God, but a confidence in self. I can do it. Kids, this is super important. Uh, You know that uh, you want to be confident. You want to feel like you can do it. And that's good. That's good. You can do it but not without the Lord's help. If He's not with you, you will fail even when you succeed. Okay? There will be a sense of uh, you saying, well, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. There's only a matter of time before the Lord says, I will bring you down. But, But look what it says. You save a humble people. You save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. Psalm 147, this is what it says. Verse 6. The Lord lifts up the humble. The Lord lifts up the humble. The humble are low. He lifts them up. But He casts the wicked to the ground. He casts the wicked to the ground. I want to show you something here. This is super important. Um, why 
do the proud fail? Why do the proud fail? Think about that right now. Why is it when we're proud, we're bound to fail in time? Why is that? It's because of the work of God. How is God working in your life? If you're proud, guess what? He's in the process of bringing you down. And you say, God would never do that. It's in Scripture. He does it over and over again. If we could see our life clearly, we could stand and give testimony right now, couldn't we? We could talk about our own lives. Where we were filled with ourselves and we were not listening to His voice. We were not hearing His commands. And then what, what, did we, what happened? Disaster. He wants us to be humble. In Proverbs chapter 11, it says this. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. If you're proud, it's only a matter of time where disgrace comes to your life. Why? Because that's God's plan for you. It's so hard, kids and adults alike, uh, as we think about it. We even use it in our culture. You, you need to be more proud. You need to be more confident. You need to be more puffed up. It's the secret to life. It's not the secret to life. It's the secret to disaster. Dependence on the Lord. Being humble before Him. Clinging to Him. Crying out to Him. That is the secret to life. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 2. Now Luke chapter uh, 14 verse 11. This is a parable of the wedding feast. It says this. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That's an interesting story. Uh, as you look at that parable in Luke chapter 14, uh, it's a wedding. It's a wedding. And he says, uh, this is peculiar, the Lord's teaching, and he says, when you go to a wedding, don't take the spot of honor. Don't take the spot of honor. In fact, give up your seat. Give up your seat. And then when they see you, they see you, wait for the one to bring you forward and give you the place of honor. And we look at that and we go, that's just not, but what if I get overlooked? What if, what if I never get that place of honor? Well, uh, the one who sees everything, the one who's, who can see everything and can take notice of everything, he is the one we depend on to see to take care of us. At the end of this uh, parable, it says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. These are all different passages. I realize they're saying the same thing over and over again. Luke chapter 18, later in in the book of Luke, uh, he's talking about the Pharisees and the scribes, uh, actually the Pharisee and the tax collector in the temple with prayer. In Luke chapter 18, verse 14, it says this, I tell you, uh, they're talking about um, prayer. You remember the, the time where he's talking about the, the one comes to the temple, the Pharisee, and he stands and he prays and he, he, uh, he glorifies himself and he says, I'm glad I'm not like this loser over here. I'm glad I'm not like this tax collector over here. I, 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 oh, he's just so filthy and dirty, but I'm not like him. I'm not like him. 
because of what I've done. And he lists out what he's done. But then the tax collector, it says that he would not even, he, he off to the side by himself, but he wouldn't even look to heaven. Why? Because he was humble. Not because he thought himself to be awesome. And he goes, I, I need to be humble. I'm really awesome, but I'm going to kneel. He said, no. He saw himself as he is. And he knew that he was uh, busted before the Lord. He knew that he was dirty before the Lord. So he was face down and he would not look to heaven. And as it comes uh, to conclusion in this passage of Luke chapter 18, verse 14, it says this. I tell you, this man, speaking of the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other, the Pharisee. And then it says this, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. It's everywhere. I, I, I look at this and it's stunning to me. And, and I want to tell you, I'm only taking the passages that have both of them side by side. Pride, bringing low, and humility lifting up. There are probably twice as many for both that just talk about one or the other. Humility or pride. Okay? This is everywhere in the Scripture. And so it should mark our lives. This, this idea for us that we should be concerned with whether we are proud or humble. What's motivating and driving our life. <clears throat> James chapter 4, verse 6. Uh, talking about uh, in the midst of uh, money in the church and listening to the Lord and uh, not being a friend of the world. Uh, it says this in James chapter 4, verse 6. But He gives more grace. Therefore, it said, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You, you say, well, what's the big danger? You, you're, you're being dramatic, Kevin. I, you know, you're, you're making a big deal out of nothing. A big deal out of nothing? <clears throat> Do you want the opposition in your life to be God Himself? As you seek to do what you feel like you should be doing, do you want the one that opposes you to be God himself? That's what it says. You say, are you sure? James chapter 4, verse 6. Find it in your own Bible. God opposes the proud. He opposes the proud. But what does he do? He gives grace to the humble. In the same way, in the opposite extreme, right? He opposes the proud and you go, I don't want to be opposed... Who, who is the one that he pours out his blessing or his grace on? The humble. Don't you want the shower of his blessing on your life? And you say, yeah, I want it. Where do I get it? Be humble. Be humble. James chapter 4, later uh, in the same chapter, James chapter 4, verse 10, it says this, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Again, again. Next book, First Peter. We look over at First Peter. What does First Peter say? Chapter five, great passage. 
says this, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to, to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, all of you, not just the elders, not just the young. In fact, some read that and you go, yeah, young people should. They should listen to the elders. You know, those who are younger should, you know, show some respect. But then it says, clothe yourselves, all of you, all of you, the young and the old. By the way, um, who struggles with pride? The young or the old? You know, and I'd say yes, but totally different ways most of the time, right? The old want to look at their resume. They want to look at their resume and talk, talk to you about how much they've accomplished. Do you know who I am? I won't tell you who I am. I want to tell you what I've accomplished. Do you, do you know what my job was? I was in charge of this many people. I did this great a project. And I, I, it, it's pride. You know what the young do? Ah, forget the old. I can figure it out on myself. But, you know, I'm young. I can run faster. I'm stronger. I, I'll just figure it out. I, I don't need to listen. Pride. It's both pride. But he says, likewise, you younger, be subject to the elders. Uh, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For, now listen to this. Why are we to clothe ourselves with humility toward one another? For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's not in James. Oh yeah, it is. It, it's, but it's also in First Peter. This is a reoccurring theme. This is a core thing that we need to get is that God wants us not to be proud, but to be humble. And then he goes on to say in First Peter, he says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Humble yourselves and he'll lift you up. Well, I want to talk just uh, real briefly, real briefly, uh, and really identify what the proud do, and then how we can be humble. You know what proud people do? They take his credit. They take his credit, and you say, "Who's hit? He? You know, who, who's the his? God, God." They take his credit. They step in line. God did something great, and they step in front and they say. That was all me. That was all me. That's what proud people do. They take his credit or his glory. You know what they also do? They forget their empty pockets. They forget their empty pockets. Have you ever had this feeling? Maybe you had it this this last few days. You're down at the, the lake or, uh, you know, July 4th is happening. And you, you say, oh, um, yeah, uh, it's $5. And you look in your pocket and you're like, oh. Whoa, uh, five dollars. Uh, I don't. I don't have five dollars. I don't have it. And I want you to think right now, kids. What do you have? What do you have apart from God's blessing? What do you have? Empty pockets. That's not even really true because you really don't even have pockets without Him, even that are empty. You see, kids, this is the this is the deal. So something great happens at school. Do well on a test. Do well on a test. 
You're like, yes, I'm awesome. And you say, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Supposed to be humble. That was proud. Yes. God's awesome. God didn't take the test. And you're struggling with this. Well, connect the dots, kids. How, how did you get to be in this school? How did you get the opportunity to take this test? Where, well, where'd you get the paper and the pencil? Where'd you get the computer? You say, well, my m- mom and dad gave it to me. Well, where, where'd your mom and dad get it? Well, from the store. Where'd this, and you start going, I don't, know, I don't know where all these things come from. Well, let's just talk about this. Where'd the money come from? Oh, my dad has a job. Who gave your dad the job? This company. Well, how did that all come about? That your dad or your mom would have anything that somebody would pay them for. God did it. If you have a brain that can understand things and you can accomplish stuff, God did it. God gave you everything that you have. We talk about our country. Why is it so great to live here? Not be, You know, it's funny. Um, a lot of us take pride in that we're Americans. And we didn't even do anything. We were just born here. We didn't move. We didn't come in and go, yeah, that's where I want to live. I'm going to go choose to be an American. We woke up, you know. We grew up and we first... How did this come to be? What had happened? God, it's part of His plan. The proud, the proud forget their empty pockets. And the third thing, and I could go on talking about what the proud do. And I want to remind you, this is me. This is me. This is me. And it's a danger to my life, to my family's life, to, to my marriage, to this church. It's a danger. The proud also live in a fantasy world. Live in a fantasy world. You know, um, we, we've seen people that uh, aren't in touch with reality, right? They aren't in touch. They, they struggle. They, they start talking about things that aren't there. And we, we kind of step away from them and go, they're, they're not all there. We, we talk about them and we say, you know, they're kind of, they're missing what's going on here. That's what it is to be proud. Because you're blinded, you cannot see. Because of your own pride, you cannot see how empty you are without Him. Well, let's talk about how to be humble. This morning, uh, I just have five things. Um, there could be a longer list, but these are five things. These are for kids. These are for middle schoolers, definitely. For high schoolers, absolutely. Grandparents, you're in there too. Parents, the single, the married, every category here this morning, this is for us. The first thing I want to tell you is don't talk about yourself and your accomplishments. When in conversation, don't, don't be saying, well, I have, I, I can top that. I love, this is my favorite topic. I love talking about myself and what I've done. Don't do it. Proverbs 27 verse 2 says this, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Don't do it. You know, I got this great story and there's a hero in this story. It's me. Don't do it. That's not the way to humility, kids. When when your friends are talking about their awesome play, when they're talking about their dad's awesome new car, when they're talking about their vacation they've been on, say this. 
That sounds awesome. That's all you got to say. I know our hearts cry out and go, I'm going to top their story. You think that was great. My dad's bigger and stronger and he can whoop your dad. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't talk about yourself or your accomplishments. Number two, learn to love the lowly place. Learn to love the lowly place. Uh, We... Because we all struggle with pride, we push for the best spot. We push for the place of honor. We push for the place that, you know, you can wear a badge or have a, a business card or you can be above everyone else. Don't push for that. Push for the lowly place. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 23 says this, One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. That's the place for you and me. Third thing I want to say is be thankful to God. Be thankful to Him. Get good at it. Get good at it. Um, wh- wh- why be thankful? Why is this? would this be connected uh, to pride? Not just be thankful, but be thankful to God. Why? Because He's the source of all good things. Right? The book of James tells us every good and perfect gift comes from Him. Father above. That's where it comes from. And to acknowledge that puts you in your right place. Puts you in that humble spot. If you have a great day, thank Him for it. Praise Him for it. How how did this good day come about? Good planning. No, it didn't. You know what your plans do. They don't, they, don't come, they don't come to pass. They blow up in our face. When God brings things together, we praise Him for it. We're thankful to God. Number three. Number four, serve. Serve. Sacrificial service. Serve one another. Serve people in your family. Serve your spouse. Serve your coworkers. Serve at church. Um. Jesus said this while blasting the Pharisees and the scribes. I mean, this this passage, it's in Matthew chapter 23. He's blasting the, the religious leaders, the scribes. They think they are awesome. They are, are saying, you need to give me more for my awesomeness. I can't even say it. Uh, they, they, they were looking for more comforts and, and prestige and And Jesus says this in the midst of blasting them for this. He says this, chapter 23, verse 11 and 12. The greatest among you, I want to be great. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Verse 12 says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. It's right there. I didn't even read that one before. That's a new one, okay? It's right there. And so you say, well, uh, I don't want to serve. I don't want to serve. I'm too busy to serve. Okay, if you're too busy to serve, you, you don't you understand that the way to greatness in God's economy is to serve? It's to see yourself. And, and you say, well, does that mean I have to sign up for something? Yes and no. Yes and no. 
the, the purpose is not to sign up for things or do be a busybody or have something to relieve your conscience. That's not it. It's not it. What it is, is to see yourself as a servant. Um, do you ever do this in your marriage? Uh, especially, I, I think, of uh, young parents who have babies that um, have diapers, have diapers, okay? And uh, there's an aroma, there's an aroma around. There's an aroma. And the dad's, dad's most of their tactics are just to play dumb, just to play dumb. Uh, my, my smeller doesn't work very well, you know. It's, uh, and moms, moms, they just go for it. They're like looking down there, and it's like, that, that was too aggressive for me. Uh, but uh, who's going to change the diaper? Who's going to change the diaper? Not my turn. I did it last time. Not my job. You know, I got to go to work. You know, I'm really busy right now. I'm cooking dinner, and that's not a good combo, you know. <clears throat> But to see ourselves, hey, we are the servants. Kids, it's the hard, you know the hardest people in the world to serve? Are your siblings. Ooh. Brothers and sisters. Oh. It's not mine. I didn't put it there. I didn't leave it out. In fact, some, I don't know if you've ever seen kids do this or you've ever been that kid that's done this. You all have. I'm just trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. Um, you see something out of place and you, you're you tempted to pick it up and put. you're like, no, I, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to go find my mom. I'm going to go find my mom and tell on my brother or sister that they left it there. And you're like, I'll search for 20 minutes for mom. I'll, I'll, I'll climb a mountain to, to let her know that my sibling did it rather than serve them. I want to tell you, kids, kids, this is super important. Super important. God wants us to be servants. He wants us to see ourselves as a slave for one another. Married people. Sorry. Uh, some of you have this whole idea that uh, who, whose job it is to do the dishes, whose job it is to take out the trash, whose job it is to do this, that, or the other thing. And you say, not my job. That's not for me. You know, that, that that's somebody else's deal. We're servants. What do servants do? Whatever needs to be done. And why? Because that's... They're, that's who they are. That's their identification. So learn to serve. See yourself as a servant. The last point I want to give you is this. And this prob- I hope this is the most powerful to you. In Philippians chapter 2. Why don't you turn over there. Philippians chapter 2. Great passage when you struggle with how to interact and be humble with one another. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 8, and it's in the midst of talking about how Jesus came to this earth. He emptied himself. He emptied himself and came to this earth. This is what it says of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by being becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
What's that? Well, Jesus was a servant. Who did he serve? He served you. In obedience to the Father, he took your place. He took your place. And he served. He sacrificially served. Well, how did he do that? He served you even to the point of death. Even a shameful kind of cross kind of death. A, a sinner's death. And so so as I, I, I think about what we should be doing and how we can become humble, I, I just want to tell you to remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. And that's the argument of going... From the greater to the lesser, right? Greater to the lesser. Is Jesus great? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no one greater. There's not, it's not even, so we could even think about it. That's, that's so different than we can even ever imagine. He's the greatest ever. Well, he humbled himself. And he served. Well, how did he do it? He, even to death, even a cross kind of death. Well, if Jesus can be humble, if he can serve, certainly I can. Certainly I should take my place as a servant, being humble. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this morning, uh, the blessing of of being here. And uh, God, I ask that we would be uh, humble and not proud. God, I ask that you would help us to identify pride in our lives. Help us to identify it. Help us to be repulsed by it. And help us to love the idea of us being humble. God, I thank you uh, that you will not let us get away with our own pride, but you will oppose us. But I also thank you that you'll give grace to us as we seek the humble place, as a place, a rightful place before you. God, do your work in your church, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.